Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of the Golf Life Alberta Podcast. I am your host, Leah Sethan, here with my co-host, Ryan O'Neill. Ryan, it's been a hot minute. How you been? Leah, long time no pod. I know. Didn't we say on the last one that we were going to like get back to being consistent? Yeah, that was an empty promise, unfortunately. Clearly. Second year in a row that I've kind of done this, but it's golf season. It doesn't leave much time for podcasting in the middle of golf season, right? Well, it only leaves room for improvement. Uh, we can only go up from here. Right. Actually, at, a, at this time last year, I think that we were still around episode 19 or 20. So I feel like we're slightly improved. Okay. A little ahead of the game. So yeah. And then next year, 25 episodes, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So what have you been up to? I'm all about that hashtag fall golf, you know, Leah, some fall ball. I've been uh, doing my best to get as much golf as I can in before the season ends. And thankfully, somehow Edmonton hasn't been snowed on, but uh, I know down south has. So I've been kind of lucky in that regard. Yeah. It's usually the other way around. So... You've had a chance to get a few rounds in. How have you been playing, first of all? Oh, trash. Absolute garbage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but that's besides the point. I mean, we, yeah, last podcast we did was end of August. So I've, I've, uh, I've done a little bit of golf since then. But I've been playing, kind of actually the theme of the year has been just playing around Alberta. I haven't really stuck to my home course at the quarry or, or even the Broadmoor. I've been bouncing around a lot. And uh I played Goose Hummock out in Gibbons. Um, I played Cardiff, uh, Leduc, um, and then somewhere a little closer to the city, but I played the ranch as well. And that was the first time I played the ranch, um, not in a tournament. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of golf, kind of new to me, but also, yeah, like you said, just traveling around. I wasn't really stuck to anywhere in particular this year. Well, that's nice to get variety. I personally enjoy that kind of thing. That's why I used to have the VIP golf membership because it kind of gets you around and gets you that discounted rate. So if you had, so how many different golf courses, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. How many different golf courses did you get to play this year? Well, every course I played in Calgary was different. So that's five (laughs) right there. Um, Cardiff I had never played before. Um, I played the Red Deer Golf and Country Club uh man i you know it's actually one of the things i'm going to write about in the in my kind of final couple of articles for uh golf life alberta but i'd say it has to be at least 10 which is a huge jump for me um again i think it's been spurred on because of our chat about kind of bringing some more local content to our to our platform here so i was kind of investigating what alberta had to offer and then of course we had the nine hole courses that i played so yeah, I was all over the map. 10 at least. That's awesome. That is hashtag goals for me. One of these years when, you know, I can actually have the freedom to golf again. <laughs> well, I was going to say probably me talking about my golf is the complete opposite about your golf for the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I did manage to get a few baby free rounds in though. And that was really, really nice I have to say it was nice to get a bit of a break and I finally got to golf on my quote-unquote home track at Pine Hills for the first time uh President's Cup weekend which included a practice round on the Friday before so I got a whopping three rounds in so excited and man the course is probably in the best shape I've ever seen it 
yeah, you're you're telling me that, and you had some nice photos that you sent me, and I, I think honestly, until this year, I had Pine Hills wasn't even on my radar. Um, so next year we're gonna have to do something about me coming to visit, and maybe you and I having a little match. Um, because uh, yeah, like you said, you've kind of put this golf course on a, on a bit of a pedestal and I want to go check it out, but I, 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 I'll believe you. I think there's only good things to, uh, to be played on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll come to the Broadmoor. I still haven't been there myself. So you keep posting pictures there too. And I mean, honestly, I also haven't played the quarry <laughs> Taylor. So um, that also needs to happen. I've run so many tournaments there. I just have never actually played it. <laughs> Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, both of them, we can, I'm sure we can figure something out when you're not crazy busy, obviously, maybe we'll have to do it at the beginning of the year or, or towards the end of a season, whatever it is. Um, definitely got to come play my, my home courses. Does it have to be a match? I'm terrible with match play. I mean, but okay, you're terrible too. So this <laughs> Ouch. Um, no, it doesn't have to be a match. I may actually have a chance against you, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was maybe we could just have a couple of twisted tees and just have a nice summer evening. But uh, yeah, okay, all right. Those were fighting words. <laughs> I have to defend my honor and my home course. All right. Well, um, since we last podcasted, we've seen the end of one PGA Tour season and the beginning of another already. So we've got a little bit of catching up to do. We don't need to get too far in depth, but should probably be mentioned. So I guess the big, the hot topic <clears throat> is Rory versus Brooks, Player of the Year. Where do you stand right now? Without getting too in depth, who is your Player of the Year? I feel like. If I watched golf more, I would have more of an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, this sounds really bad, but I don't really care. I know Rory won the Tour Championship, which is worth however many more points. I can't say I was a huge fan of the way, actually, that's not even true. I haven't had a chance to sit down and go over the new playoff format to see whether or not I like it. At initial first glance, I think it's stupid, but. I haven't really had time to think about it. Anyways, Rory had a good year. Brooks did too. And I, whatever. For me, I honestly didn't really care. I'm not a huge Rory fan. So of course I would have preferred Brooks to win, but I don't care. You? Yeah, I think I don't care really either. And you know what? I doubt these two players really care that much either. They're just going to come out and have their fluffy little... Yes, you know, it means so much to me to be recognized by my peers, blah, 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 as one of the greats, blah, blah, blah. I mean, ultimately, these guys are both chasing majors. But since I posed the question, I'm going to say Rory was my player of the year. Even though he didn't win a major, I know, and Brooks had, you know, one heck of a major season. I feel Brooks was just – there was more buzz around him for – just being in the news more and in the headlines with his, his Gucci broad, you know, bro talk about his sneakers and how he doesn't practice and doesn't care about tour events. I feel there was more buzz around him for that and less about mm-hmm. his play, so to speak, when Rory was mm-hmm. just, you know, the standard of consistency all year, won the players championship, won the tours championship, won the RBC Canadian open. Uh, yeah. I'm going with Rory. That's fair. And I won't even argue against it. Um, what did you have like a favorite moment or a favorite story from the 2018-19 season? I mean, I think it's hands down Tiger win the, winning the Masters. Um, 
I, yeah, nothing really comes close to that, I, I think. What I'd about be, Gary winning the U.S. Uh, Open? That one, yes. Come on. And Corey close. Connors winning. That's There's close a few to our good hearts. stories. Yeah, there is. Um, okay. Yeah, again, Tiger, I think, takes the cake for sure. For sure. For sure. 100%. Um, I completely agree. Gary, I think, is an easy second for both of us for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with um, – Seems kind of a bit of a maybe a golf hardo answer, but I'm gonna go with the the young guys at the end of the season that just were on fire. Um, Matt Wolf, Morikawa, um, Victor Hovland. I think they're gonna make a splash in this upcoming season, and I'd look for them to maybe win a couple times. Well, um, speaking of young guys, what it's Cam Champs only second year officially yes. on the tour and he's Correct. already got a win under his belt for this season so yeah it's going to be an interesting one that's for sure do, do we see cooch light it up as much as he did at the beginning of last year man i <laughs> i or almost is it forgot the, the, the year of the youngins you know what i think that could almost be a best story of the 2019 season was cooch's caddy debacle um <laughs> maybe not for the right reasons but uh yeah, that that was just that was a disaster. I I think Cooch's play. I think he played pretty well all year, but I think his year was shrouded by that little incident. In uh, I think they were in Mexico when he won. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, just a little bit. So that's that was also. I, I, it was a pretty entertaining year for as much as I was able to actually pay attention. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, yeah. It, what was your favorite moment? best story from the 2019 season well obviously tiger and obviously gary so we'll Mm -hmm. we'll leave those ones um cory connors for me winning was uh what did he win the vel the valero or the felspar the texas open yeah i I always get the valero mixed up with uh because yeah he won the valero it was the valero Yeah. yeah Um, yeah, just having met him many, many years ago and stuff, he's kind of always been someone that I've had my eye on. He was the low amateur at the Masters the year that he turned pro. So I've been wanting him to win ever since. So for me, that was like an awesome moment. And he made it to the two championship. He uh, did. So that, that's Unreal. also a big deal, like even for him, because that, that equates into obviously lots of money but also it, uh, some protection and some security for uh, his pga tour uh, status in the next couple of years so mm-hmm. yeah all around a great year for for cory and his wife man some of the tweets about how excited and overexcited she gets is actually hilarious i also enjoy um following adam hadwin's wife jessica on twitter she she like doesn't really know anything about golf which is really funny so she'll tweet from the events all the time and she likes to hide under a hat and sunglasses and she doesn't like making it known that she's Hadwin's wife but man they're both hilarious so the Canadian wags is that what they're called wags yes yes Yes. wives and girlfriends yeah wags yes I'm looking forward to watching the Canadians because man was that just last weekend that they were all like within top 10 going into the final round. Well, Hadwin was only one back of champ yeah. uh, last week. So I, and we got, I mean, we're going to mention it earlier, but the back. So um, yes, yes. M- maybe some, I mean, 
I think Canadian is the in like I've noticed it obviously in tennis with with Andreescu making a big splash with the scene, but just I think Canadian sports in general and and even the golf we're getting a little more a little more quality in um in in a lot of the professional uh, tours. So a lot a lot more to watch when it comes to Canadian content on the PGA Tour. Yes, absolutely. Um, speaking of Canadian content, how about the Mackenzie Tour? Right. So. We had a guy uh, who won actually the event in Edmonton, the 1932 by Bateman Open, um, Mr. Pendrith. Uh, he, he was just on fire all year. Um, I, I think in the future, Leah, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think the McKenzie Tour events, specifically in Alberta, would be really cool to cover um, and maybe get a story like Pendrith winning, uh, especially because he's Canadian, because – it doesn't happen very often on Canada, Canada's tour that a Canadian actually wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but he won twice this year. He won in Montreal at the McKenzie Investments Open. Uh, 28 under. Like, the guy can play. That's insane. Uh, the stat here I have, and you can read it too, but lowest on McKenzie tour scoring history. Uh, 28 under over four rounds. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. I don't think I've, I've had 28 birdies this year. Let's put it that way. Like, it's crazy. And... You know, it's funny because I've had some some players come through the AGT that, you know, like obviously their dream was to make it big and to make it pro. But, you know, when they can't shoot par in an AGT event, I, I don't mean to like crush your dreams, but that's not going to cut it. <laughs> Golf is hard. Um, it is, uh, you especially- need to consistently shoot low 60s if you're thinking about going professional and that right there 28 under in four rounds is the reason why so he f- ended up finishing second on their order of merit uh he claimed the canadian life player of the year which is actually his second time winning the trophy uh, which is obviously a, a notch in his belt but at the same time, you probably don't want to win that event, uh, that trophy twice if you want to can, uh, keep, keep on. on. Yeah, keep moving on, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> um, second in order merit, obviously that means he gets full status on the Corn Ferry next year. Uh, so, I mean, let's go, Pendrith. Let's uh, – Woo, Taylor. Let's, yeah, let's look at the PGA Tour maybe next year. That would be amazing. And then um, I guess this has happened since our last podcast. There was, of course, the Champions Tour event, the Shaw Charity Classic at Canyon Meadows in Calgary, September long weekend. You were paying attention to that one a little bit more than I was probably. Final round, I actually tuned in. And uh, West Short Jr. was our winner at 13 under, which kind of caught me off guard as a bit of a lower score. I, I I, I think it was pretty cold that weekend in Calgary. I, I remember the guys all wearing long sleeves. Um, oh, I was camping that weekend and actually I had two tee times at Kananaskis and did not golf on the Saturday because it was snowing. Okay. Yes, it was cold. <laughs> so, you know, old men dealing with cold conditions, their bones, their joints, maybe not moving as fluidly as they would like to, but, uh, Oh, shoot. I forget the guy's name. The guy that won it last year, was it Scott McCarron, I believe? I believe so. We'll have to double check that. Scott McCarron on 18 as West Short Jr. is in the fairway on 18. Uh, almost holds out for Eagle. Um, or did he hold out for Eagle? God, it's so long ago. Anyways, pretty much forced Wes's hand that he needed to birdie on 18. 
So Wes is going for it from the fairway. He's got obviously a hybrid or a, or a, you know, a fairway wood in his hand. His approach comes up short. And this is a par five. For anyone that doesn't know Canyon Meadows, we're dealing with a par five. Crazy par five based on the approaches. There's kind of like a creek, and it's very narrow, a very narrow approach for, well, I don't know, an amateur like me that would get real scared by that. But um, his, his approach lands short, hits the rocks in the creek before the green, bounces onto the green, and two putts and wins. So what a stroke of luck, but wild finish on 18. That is unbelievable. Yes, it was Scott McCarron. And uh, as I looked that up, um, you thought that 13 under was a low score, but I can tell you that that is the highest score by two strokes to have ever won that event. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. for me, you're contrasting 28 under to 13 under in back-to-back <laughs> segments. It, it comes across as a bit of a dramatic difference. So, um. Yeah, and then also we've had the Alberta Golf Tour Tour Championship and President's Cup since our last podcast. So even though my year sort of kind of wrapped up, it was it's been it's been quite busy. So we had the Tour Championship this year in Sundry. We played two rounds at Coyote Creek and two rounds at Sundry. If you've never played either of those courses, and actually it seemed like a lot of the people in the championship had never played at least one of them, and just man they were all so impressed they could not believe the condition that both of these courses were in i know i haven't played them and i would really like to play both of them um, you haven't so, played either one of them no again we were supposed to play sundry on oh our way down to God, the to the right. yeah to the mountains this past year we the weather kind of scared us on the friday night so we we played closer to home we played pinoca which again was was a lot of fun but yeah haven't played sundry haven't played Coyote Creek. So they're on my list. They're on my to-do list. That's for sure. Yeah. You're going to have to go up the cowboy trail, highway 22, get sundry, get Coyote Creek, Pine Hills. There's a lot of golf to be had on. Would you call it the, the cowboy, the cowboy trail? trail? Oh I yeah. Love highway 22 from like Longview up to Drayton Valley, essentially they call it the cowboy trail. I think that's, that's the title of the, uh, of the content piece that I'm going to have to do the cowboy trail. I love it. There you go. <laughs> anyways, anyways, sorry um, to, uh, no, that's get fine. Distracted. We, we managed, um, you know, the weather has been what it has been this year. So, um, of course there were some delays. There was a very dramatic delay actually on Sunday. We had our final round at sundry. It was the only day that we actually had to come off the course. We managed to finish our rounds all the other days before the crap shoot blew in. Um, and our rotation was also very lucky because on the Saturday night before final round, we ended up getting a ton of hail at Coyote Creek and the bunkers got drowned out. And even when we woke up in the morning, there was still hail ice all over the ground. Um, luckily we were at sundry that day and they didn't even get anything. That's how crazy the weather is in that area. Um, but yeah, oh my goodness. So we ended up, um, it, it was almost good that we got this weather delay because when everyone came in, I found out that we had a potential four-way tie Whoa. in the B flight. <laughs> and I would not have been prepared for it if it would have just came in the way that it did. Yeah. Wild. A four-way tie. So that was quite the finish. We ended up in a three-way playoff. 
so that has never happened before in championship for people to That's, be tied after four rounds. Uh, multiple people, like, yeah, I think you've had a couple playoffs. Like, I think ties oh, yeah, we get playoffs. playoffs all the time in the single day events for sure. Yeah, but yeah, but, yep. never in in uh, in a championship. Actually, that's not true. I was in a playoff once, but but even like even three people. That's that's wild. I like that. Three like, people. It's, it's one thing to go mono a mono like against someone, uh, but three people. That's sweet. Yeah, and so sudden death. We went down the first hole nothing to write home about everyone actually bogeyed the first hole of the playoff oh (laughs) and then the second hole is a pretty long par three and we had joe put it in the bunker how do i remember all this still rob put it just short of the green and terrence put it kind of in the middle of the green but had a really dicey up and down weird breaking putt and those greens at sundry are quick so you do not want to have to putt downhill and somehow Terrence ended up making the putt for a birdie and shut oh. it down right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how you go Which out. is crazy. Cause I think he had like a, he was behind by six strokes or something coming into the round. Yeah. Comeback King. Let's go. Yeah. It was awesome. So congratulations to all of the, uh, the championship winners. The other flights weren't, all that close <laughs> we had uh, the champ flight colin clark shot a first round 68 so it's pretty hard oh. to yeah start competing against guys that are going out there shooting 68 so congratulations to colin clark first first year on the tour and he was also he ended up pulling ahead of the kid um in order of merit so he also was the winner of the callaway epic flash driver Oh, yeah. So pretty big win for Colin. He needed he needed the full first place points in order to pull ahead. And then Tyler actually had to finish solo third or higher. Um, and they potentially could have been tied, but the kid the kid was in his head a little bit too much championship. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations congratulations to Colin. We are going down to Country Hills actually in a couple of weeks to do a fitting with Craig Dale, who we've featured on the podcast before. And I'm going to make sure that I record that, I live it, and you guys can see kind of how a fitting is done, how Colin hits the freaking ball. And like, the guy's like six, five, like he's, he's a big guy and he already hits the ball really far. So he probably doesn't need an Epic flash, but he's getting one. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and then in the a flight, it was, it was back and forth and pretty tight, but, uh, again, another first time, uh, first year on tour. Congratulations to Rob Jackson for winning the a flight. In the B flight after that playoff, as I mentioned, Terrence Bateman, also first year on tour. Congratulations to him. C flight was also first time on tour, first year on tour, David St. Louis. Uh, Sorry, sorry, David. I've been doing this all year. David St. Louis. It's so much more fun on the first tee. I was telling him, I'm like, to say David St. Louis, and I can let it go, right? Yeah, a little French (laughs) accent. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, David St. Louis, just it doesn't have the same excitement to it. Anyways, congratulations. I call him DSL. Congratulations, DSL in the C flight. And then the only person to win championship who's been around in the past before this season was in the D flight. 
Um, and it was her first win in a while. Oh my God. I'm sure she's so happy to finally get it, the monkey off her back. Charlene Kelly, congratulations. Um, I don't think she's won since last year at Stewart Creek. Or no, I don't even think she won. I think she might have lost in a playoff. It's been you know, a while. What I'm getting from this, Leah, is uh, first-time winners, first-year players on tour. And I think that's, that's great for the Alberta Golf Tour. Yeah. You know what? Um, we got so many new players this year who just kind of got hooked immediately. Um, you know, they came out to their first event loved it ended up signing up for pretty much the whole season so colin was at a ton of events obviously winning order of merit uh rob dsl came to so many events as well terrence he he tried so hard so he works in the oil field and he doesn't know necessarily all the time when he's when he's there and when he's back so he actually won at northern bear originally and and told me then that he wanted to come to championship and there was a bit of confusion on my rule sheet because on my rule sheet, I say that if you win, you get um, you get to register for championship. But then also, I say that you have to play a minimum of two events in order to register for championship. So I kind of contradict myself there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, oh, crap. Okay, well, technically, it does say you get an exemption into championship. So I have to allow that. But I said, please, I will correct that in the future. But um, <laughs> if you can manage in your schedule to make another event please try and he did he ended up coming to the match play championship oh trooper awesome yeah yeah on like zero sleep because he drove down i think from up north that morning or something ridiculous but oh, yeah so i mean these, pumped you won. yeah oh yeah these, these new players are are awesome they're excited they like the format they like the camaraderie and yeah it's nice to see so many new faces so often as well so really excited for next year and and like i said it seems like our family like that it becomes a family right and it seems like it keeps growing every year and i really find it hard to believe that those four players only joined the tour this year because that's how close we've gotten with with everybody already and yeah just super excited to see who joins us next year and then president's cup the family that you've been growing over the last eight years or whatever it is they then go head to head and battle each other in, in a no hold, no holds bar death match. Yes. And I think I, I texted and told you this. I, I only resorted to violence once I had to play <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, he was my teammate. So it's not even like I was trying to hurt anyone on the opposite team. Motivation. Um, yes, exactly. So we, we had uh, Team Longball and Team Callaway. Team Longball coming in as the reigning victors for the last two years because last year was a tie. So they got to hold on to the trophy. And we had Colin Clark captaining that team. And then we had uh, Rob Jackson and Clem Lazeau co-captaining. They actually tied for second in order of merit. Um, they were co-captaining Team Callaway. <clears throat> So struggled, not even going to lie, struggled. We were supposed to have 32 players and I have never struggled to reach that because of the format of this event. Everybody wants to play it, but man, between injuries and weddings and travel, I struggled to get to 24. 
hence why I had to play. <laughs> <laughs> so you were coming so in at I a may... bit of a disadvantage, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, match play, I'm not good at it. So I don't know, Colin picked me and I told him that was a terrible decision. He thought I was joking and I proved him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Lost all of my matches. <laughs> I guess he knows for next time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, learned a couple lessons, like maybe E-Raw and the kid don't make the greatest teammates. Um that may or may not be where I resorted to physical violence, shaking Evan by the head. <laughs> I talked. I talked to Ev actually about that. He uh, <laughs> he was pretty chill about the whole thing. He said, "Yeah, I just I made a couple of mistakes out there," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I heard about him." <laughs> <laughs> well, and and poor Tyler, of course, he's he's a kid, so he doesn't necessarily know how to speak up when when he needs to speak up, and. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan wasn't really paying a ton of attention. And, and so for all the listeners out there, Evan <laughs> picked up uh, a couple of putts, allowed the other team to win holes when he thought in his mind they were tying the hole and uh, subsequently obviously made them lose their partner matches that day. And so, of course, I come off the course and my child is pissed. (laughs) (laughs) He is mad. And I'm half cut, so I just walk straight up to Evan and I started shaking him by the head and said, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Why did you pick up putts? Was Ty and Ev on your team? Yeah, they were on my team. Yeah. Okay. So it's again, it's a, it's a president's captain sort of get your head in the game motivational tactic. Is yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or mama bearing, you know, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> again, family. We're family. Yeah, we're family. Exactly. I know. It was actually really funny because Rob Jackson, who was the co-captain on the other team who played against them that day and had kind of confirmed what Tyler was upset about, <laughs> watched me walk up to Evan. Of course, this is Rob and and DSL's first year. So they don't necessarily know that we've got this family relationship going on, right? So I walk up to Evan, shake his head, (laughs) and get a text later that night saying, you know, Leah, I'm not sure you should have done that. Like, how well do you even know him? I think that was a little intense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you don't know me well enough yet. Or you've just scared him into the fact that he needs to perform and that the President's Cup is a big deal. I mean, it is the President's Cup. You are the president. I mean, mean, you got expectations here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But at the end of the day, um, after day one, Team Callaway was in the lead uh, by four points. It was eight to four. And that didn't scare anybody because actually historically – um whoever's losing on day one has ended up winning on day two. Oh wow that's an interesting so, statistic yeah um obviously except for last year there was the tie but um outside of that yes whoever was losing on day one no matter what the deficit was has won on day two so um yeah of course team cal or team long ball was at a disadvantage having me on their team mm. because i can't play match play so that was an automatic win for Callaway and um, yeah just a a couple other matches didn't go the way that they were supposed to and team Callaway ended up winning 13 to 11 okay like again not a blowout but no respectable score for sure yeah 
And this was played at Pine Hills. And at we Pine talked, Hills. We talked earlier about how amazing it was. And you'd sent me a couple texts that day about putting from behind the greens and how the conditions were really tough out there. Really, really, really tough. <laughs> that was not a good Connor sketch. No. Not, Mine wasn't either, but <laughs> we all, we all got what we were trying to do there, but uh, all in all, it sounds yeah. like it was, it was a great event. And, you know what? Hole 10. I cannot wait for you to play hole 10. Um, okay. That day, the way the day, the, the place that they had the pin was unbelievable. Yes. That, and that is where I texted you. I was three feet above the hole on 10 and anyone that knows it was a back kind of a back middle pin um anyone who knows that green knows you don't want to be above the hole i don't know how my ball even stayed there to be completely honest with you but tapped it just just got it rolling and it ended up in the rough (laughs) holy smokes i saved all the notes uh, all the texts that you sent me as notes for when i do play so i'll have like a bit of a you know, something to go back on when I do play and uh, I'll have some tips and some hints uh, because yeah, the way you made that, uh, that day sound anyways, it was again, really tough out there and uh, really, I'm going to really struggle. Tough. Yeah. Just uh, make sure that you phone the pro shop from the driving range and ask them if their range balls are 70 or 80%. Man, it, I'm assuming they Inside love. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to get on a bit of my own pro shop tangent there, but Go for it, because it's honestly, it's just hilarious. We make fun of it all the time. Well, I think, well, I think we might have to do a, a segment for next year in, in our pop when we kind of look at the podcast and review. I, I'm all about these alliterations. We got Neeler knows, obviously. Maybe we start something called Ryan's Rants, and it's specific to my uh, my experiences in the pro shop because there are some interesting characters that I get phone calls from, and the questions are, well interesting is what i'll just leave it as i will um suggest a follow for you on social media okay it's not often that the pros will openly text about or or tweet about their their experiences the ridiculous calls that they get especially at this time of year in the pro shop but oh kirk Kirk evans who's an assistant at red deer just go follow him. Okay. Um, done he's deal. been tweeting like all week about how he's he, so he came from Regina and he's been there now for two seasons, but he said quickly learning that people in central Alberta don't think frost exists or something like that. <laughs> or they think we're scientists and we know when exactly the frost is going to come or, and going to and melt. Like <laughs> they literally phone. That was his other tweet. They phone when it's still dark out asking what time the frost delay is going to be over. <laughs> when the frost is gone, pal, like seriously. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Well, speaking of social media, I need to talk a little bit about something that happened recently in on the Korean tour. And as soon as I say that, I'm sure everyone knows. This is blowing up. It's awesome. (laughs) So, okay. Before I even get started on this, I have never had so many people, including you, Ryan. I did. Send me the same tweet ever. Not ever in my life has this ever happened. I have had so many on my AGT page, my personal page, so many people send it to me and said, what would Leah do? <laughs> now, 
okay, I was you you prefaced that the correct way. I thought maybe this would be like, all right, what is the president gonna do in terms of a, a ruling, or is that just how Leah acts on the golf course? She just gives people a middle finger. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, I do not give people I give my ball the middle finger, usually on on when I miss a putt that was supposed to go in or something like that. But oh, I like do the not... Tommy Fleetwood. I like that. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's more like how would the AGT handle this situation? So, you know, I guess maybe it's common knowledge now that I'm a bit of a hard ass. I don't know. I think it's funny. But so the money leader slapped with a three-year suspension for giving the finger to the crowd because somebody's sh- camera shutter was still on on their cell phone. BioKim, have you seen the hats this week that are Save BioKim? Uh, the tour players this week are, are are getting behind him and thinking that the three-year ban is too too much. The guy should be able to come back and play. It might be a little harsh. I, I, I would agree with that. I do feel, you know, on a professional tour, he has a fine and perhaps a few events. I don't even know that I would go with like a full season but i mean i would i would want to make an example of him and honestly we're talking about korea here well yeah um, completely different yeah, i agree we have it, to take that like that's a slap on the wrist at, like really for what could potentially happen to this guy if he was you know what i mean so yeah 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 uh, but three years does seem extreme maybe maybe he's got a history though um because i know on my tour um i've got a couple people who have kind of tested my patience already. So I may have less leniency with those people than I would someone who's never done anything before to piss me or other players off. Right. So perhaps this guy has a bit of a history with tour administration that we don't really know about. I think the best part of this whole story is he actually went on to win the golf tournament and was the money leader of the, uh, of the tour. Yeah. <laughs> and it's bye-bye golf career for three years. Sorry, pal. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it was a little bit extreme. However, I, I don't mind that they made an example out of him. So there's my take on it. Um, like like you said, we had some we had a lot of social media references that had aged a little bit, but I think this is one that we can definitely mention, even though it was a while back. But Canadian pro PJ Tour professional Adam Hadwin came to play in the Banff and Canmore area, and I was kind of fangirling a little bit. I thought that was really cool. Um, he ended up playing Kananaskis, Banff Springs, Stewart Creek, and Silvertip. I really, I wanted to be a bit of a creep and drive out there and try and like I'm stalk sure them I, and get pictures. I had that thought as well, so don't feel too okay, creepy good, about good. it. That would have been sweet. Really um, would have been. So did you, do you know who he ended up playing with? Like, I, did he have family I, with him? Yeah, it sounded like Buddy's his brother maybe. Um, I, I didn't really dive too much into who he was playing with um, and more so the courses that he played. And even uh, he responded to a few tweets. He shot 68 at Banff Springs and and 67 at Stewie. So um, even on holiday, the guy can play. Not too bad for some of our favorite tracks. That's for sure. 
Yeah, and I think somehow we'd have to. I'd like to reach out to him and just get his thoughts on just golfing in that area because it's just. It, he said it, it was his first time playing in that area, so I think uh, if we could somehow, Adam, if you're listening, or if someone knows Adam, let us know. What did you think? You just want him to say that Silver Tip isn't as bad as I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like we were talking about this yesterday uh, about Stewart Creek, and like they have been they've been posting some fire photos this past month or so with the fall golf uh, theme. And I have to play it again. And they might be taking a big jump in the, uh, in the mountain golf power rankings. Uh, I think the, the AGT tour sort of tournament kind of experience kind of maybe blocked my vision or kind of narrowed my focus into how I was playing and less about the golf course. But um yeah, the, the golf course looks sick, and I, I think I, I need to play it again and re reevaluate the power rankings, maybe. Where is it currently? Um, that is a great question. Three, maybe? Okay. I think it's, it's not three. bad, but yeah. yeah. Okay. I could Excellent. easily see it being number number two, but I, I don't want to give away any any, you know, insight into where my head's at with this new power rankings but i it, nothing gets changed until i actually play it so okay shotzi if you're listening <laughs> i actually was talking to uh we're we're gonna have um i guess introducing next season a little bit um another little addition i guess to our golf life alberta team in uh, photographer. So he was the one that was uh, taking a bunch of these pictures at Pine Hills, BJ, and I always mess up his last name. Lot, like, the first S is silent. Who has a silent S in their name? I keep asking him this. BJ Lot- Lotson, is that how I say it? I think. Anyways, takes tremendous pictures. And um, so very excited to kind of have him work with us over the next year. And actually, we were talking yesterday about going out to Stewart Creek next summer to do some more photos and all that kind of stuff. So a little Golf Life Alberta road trip, perhaps. Oh, I'm in. All right, Shotzi, it's on you. Maybe Shotzi will even join us. I think the invite has to be there. We will, we will chat with him. I will talk to him at the buying show in a couple of weeks and it will be done. Next up, we have Chip Shots brought to you by Callaway Golf. Hey, Ryan, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Delette is back. He had a funny tweet. We're, we're recording on Saturday, Saturday morning uh, for everyone, uh, just to give, uh, give a point of reference. But uh, he was very thankful for everyone's kind notes about his return to the PGA Tour at this week's Shriners Open in Las Vegas. Uh, he said, I never thought people would be so excited for me to shoot five over par over two rounds. And <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Good way to look at his return. I don't think he was expecting to maybe make a cut, just kind of shake some rust and and you know get get the uh, the swing back in order. Uh, but glad to see another Canadian back in the field. Especially because I picked him in that damn Folex Cup thing that we're in and forgot that he was injured when I picked him. Yeah, so you're still I'm winning. You're you're still winning, so it doesn't so, matter. Did you like that little plug? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also. Since we last talked, uh, Wes Heffernan, still, still consistently all year long, uh, lighting it up. So he won the PGA of Alberta Championship at Riverbend and then went on to win the PGA of Canada Assistance Championship at Osprey Valley in Toronto. We'll have to get him back on the podcast to kind of chat about 
his year and how he managed to keep up the consistently unreal play for the entire season. Also, the PGA of Alberta awards finalists have been announced. So um, I do this every year, usually on this podcast. Uh, The buying show is in a couple of weeks. It's actually moved from Edmonton to Calgary this year. And uh, midweek, they have a reception where they actually award um, their, so there's club professional of the year, executive professional of the year, assistant professional of the year, class A and apprentice, teacher of the year, coach of the year, junior coach of the year, sales rep of the year, and retailer of the year, private and public. So I just wanted to give out a quick shout out to everyone who uh, made the finalist list because these are a lot of people that I work with when I'm booking my AGT events, etc. And I think it's important to recognize them all. So very quickly, the Club Professional of the Year finalists are Chris Schatzman from Stewart Creek, uh, Greg Kincaid from the Edmonton Country Club, Matt Johnson from the Royal, Royal Mayfair, Sean Thompson from Cottonwood, and Talon Sweeney from Jasper Park Lodge. Uh, for Executive Professional of the Year, the finalists are Brian Huckalak, Huckalak? Uh, sorry, Brian, from the Lethbridge Country Club, Dale Tomlinson from the Winston, Jason Stanier from Inglewood, Marie McCourt from the Ranch, and Slade King from Glen Eagles, well, the whole Play Golf Calgary group. Uh, Assistant Professional of the Year, Class A, uh, Craig Gibson from Sirocco, Jay Maggard from Paradise Canyon, Kim Below from Winston, Sam Kirkness from Prittis Greens, Go Sam, and Taylor Van Tiggum, um, I hope that's how you say it, Royal Mayfair. And the Assistant of the Year Apprentice Professional Finalist, Chris Cook from Kananaskis. Yeah, go Chris. Uh, Chris Melbourne from Red Deer. Chris Ward from the Petroleum Club. Crystal Shapka from the Calgary Golf and Country Club. And Matt Curlin from Lynx Ridge. I don't know the difference between Teacher and Coach of the Year. I actually keep meaning to find that out. Uh, Teacher of the Year Finalists, Derek Baker from the Derek Baker Golf Academy, Scott Holland from Silvertip, and Todd Halpin, our buddy from the Golf Canada Calgary Centre. And Coach of the Year finalists, Jamie Reimer from the Golf Canada Centre, Jordan McLean from Golf Tech Edmonton, Luke Workman from the Glencoe Teaching Centre, and Randy Robb from Edge Golf School. Junior Leader of the Year uh, finalists are Andrew Wright from Country Hills, Bill Drager from Canmore, Chad Feener from Leduc, Derek Baker from the Derek Baker Golf Academy, and Lyndon King from Collicut Siding. Sales Rep of the Year, uh, North and South, Clive Grant from Golf Supply House, Colin Gilliard from Payne Canada, Jared Engel from Adidas, Ryan Bathgate, no relation, actually for real, no relation, <laughs> uh, from Ping, Ryan Doucette from Adidas, he actually used to be at uh, Cougar back in the day, and Trevor Kopp from Akushnet. Uh, and then Retailer of the Year Private, uh, only between two courses, Edmonton Country Club and Red Deer. And then Retailer of the Year Public, once again, JPL is up there, Paradise Canyon and Sirocco. So congratulations, everyone. Job well done. Whether or not you win, that is making the finalist list is an honor in itself. And obviously, congratulations to everyone on all of those lists. And that was Chip Shots, brought to you by Callaway Golf. All right, Ryan. Um, I think that's a pretty good catch-up podcast. 
we may not do one every week until the end of the season, but we, we will still do a couple here and there, I think before the end of the year. Hey, this was fun. I, I missed it. Um, we should definitely try and get a few more in before uh, the end of the year. I, I know we were both a little busy at times, but um, you know, we're doing this for the people and, and like I said, it's fun. Let's yeah, let's do some more. Deal. When can we expect the next Kneeler Nose article to come out? It's funny. They've been less Kneeler Nose and more so like Kneeler goes on an adventure and has to write about it. <laughs> That's um, all right. Yeah. But I, I, I planned it out. I've got three left for the year. Um, one's going to be one. I think I should have up for next week for sure. Definitely. Uh, one of them will be just a wrap up of the year in general, um, but three left one for sure next year or next week. Um, and then, I mean, I've been trying my best for you guys to, to update the Instagrams on the stories where I'm playing the fall golf hashtag fall golf. Uh, Cause um, there's something about playing with those, with the trees and the leaves all changed a nice little brisk fall air. It's, it's, it's something magical. And I'm, I'm hoping you guys are getting that magic uh, through the Instagram stories. So um, if, if we're not getting a Neeler nose uh, article, follow along on the Instagram and, and the Facebook and the Twitter uh, golf life, Alberta, obviously. And, uh, and we'll try and wrap up this season uh, in a very positive way. Awesome. And thank you, obviously, while I'm busy with the baby and running golf tournaments and all the 500 jobs that I do that uh, I appreciate that you obviously keep up on all the social media on behalf of Golf Life Alberta. So kudos to you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I know. I just said something nice to you. I know. <laughs> Let's save that clip, please. I like that. <laughs> See, I'm not always mean. No. All right. Well, until next time, not 100% sure when next time will be, but until next time, uh, like Ryan said, keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GolfLifeAB. Uh, check out the next Neither Knows article at GolfLifeAB.com. And take care. Enjoy your last weeks days of of the golf season and we'll chat with you guys soon see everybody